welcome to Sage and Spirit, a podcast designed to nourish your mind, body, soul, and spirit. I'm your host, Anna Claire Lottie, and I'm so grateful you're here. In this holistic wellness podcast, I'll be having candid conversations with others, exploring topics such as healing with plants, food as medicine, earth connection, spirituality, conscious entrepreneurship, and so much more. Thank you for being here and sharing in this journey with me. Hello and welcome to episode three of Sage and Spirit. For today's show, I've invited two guests, Amy Wright and Eileen Brantley, who are collectively known under their business name, Herb Girls. Amy and Eileen started their herbal business in Athens, Georgia, and I have to say these two working together are pure magic. As a team, they exude such a vibrant energy that always seems to draw people in. Whether they're looking to learn more about herbs, nutrition, or any of the other numerous topics that these ladies might happen to be exploring. The Herb Girl's mission is to reconnect their communities with healing foods and herbal medicines and to inspire earthly stewardship. They are actively achieving this mission by teaching interactive educational workshops on traditional foods and different herbal medicine preparations. They also spend a good portion of their time creating high quality, handcrafted, and delicious herbal products that are sustainably harvested and free from toxic additives. If you're looking to learn more about leading a more healthful and holistic lifestyle from people who are actually walking their talk, Amy and Eileen are the ladies you're looking for. In this episode, the Herb Girls from Athens, Georgia share so much great information in regards to keeping a healthy mouth the holistic way. We get into the role of fluoride in the dental industry and talk about new and healthier replacements such as nanohydroxyapatite. They give us some biohacks for keeping a healthy mouth on the go and so much more goodness. But before we launch into the episode, I want to be sure to let you know about the amazing freebie the Herb Girls have created just for you. So be sure to click the link in the show notes and you'll be taken to a treasure trove of information which includes some handouts that have some really great practices, a list of herbs for oral health, some product recommendation, more links for further exploration, and a link to their full-length oral health workshop. They really have so much good information to share, and it's my hope that you enjoy learning with them as much as I have. So enjoy the show. Amy and Eileen, hello. Welcome to the show. Hi. So glad to have you both here. I haven't seen your faces since like an herbal conference a couple years ago. So it's so nice to to see you and to have you on the show today. Um, I'd love to start off with telling people a little bit about each of you and how you came to know each other and start a business together. You are known as the Herb Girls of Athens, correct? Yes, that's us. Aileen, you want to go first? Yeah, sure. So the inception of Herb Girls is back in 2017. We met um, through my now husband. He went to school with Amy. And when I was dating Andrew, he was telling me, you know, and I was in herb school at Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine. And he was like, oh, you got to meet this friend of mine. She's really 
witchy and into herbs too and so amy was like this elusive character for the longest time and then i was so nervous to meet her but when i did it was so cool i remember like one of our first conversations actually was at one of andrew's shows here in athens and you were telling me about um always being the entrepreneur you were telling me about this business you wanted to start making like spice blends like made to order spice oh my blends goodness. and i was like oh, totally i forgot idea. about that so anyways we just when i moved to athens from Asheville, we just nerded out hardcore on herbs and how we could and also we both had this passion to not work for anyone and do our own thing own a business so herb girls was formed like that we were actually filming beginning we thought we would be like youtube famous and do a bunch of like herbal kitchen like witchy kitchen stuff and we made dandelion salad and quickles and we filmed it and it was hilarious we will share it with the world one day but um yeah it all started from there but i'll let amy take the more formalized part those were the very silly beginnings <laughs> no that was awesome it's good to go down memory lane yeah i think that we both just had a lot of history as far as not having luck in traditional medicine and figuring out that we really needed to empower ourselves in order to find healing. And so I think that's kind of how we started nerding out. And I had never been able to talk to anybody. Like I had Eileen when we first met, um, as far as that goes and, and herbs and man, she just also really stoked the fire to get really curious about the herbs around me. I was a little bit more familiar with kind of the Chinese medicine use of herbs because I was really into acupuncture and was working at an acupuncturist at the time and had been for a few years before that. Um, and then I think that we just, our common mission is to just reconnect people back to the earth, being a good steward of the earth. And we do that through healing foods and herbs. And so started out teaching and then our students were like okay this whole experience is really fun but we don't want to go through all the process of making all these things all the time do you sell products and so kind of just fell into our laps but it's the best decision I think that I've made and Lynn's a great business partner and yeah, yeah we went through some crazy stuff together we also did the nutritional therapy mm-hmm. associations program to be um, nutritional therapist because as you know working with herbs herbs are amazing tools they're amazing ways to connect with the magic of creation but if you don't have a good foundation of you know, nutrition and lifestyle herbs are not going to save you there's no quick fix so we did that program and it was incredible we yeah. were doing it at the time when it was still in person so we got a go to um austin texas and you know business trips always like kindle the fire i feel like you know your dreams and aspirations so that gave us a lot more like okay we have so many tools we want to share with the world and it is so true too like talking with amy and as you know too when you meet with someone and talk with someone who thinks like you it's so refreshing. It's like a homecoming. And then you forget how different a lot of the world is. Like they will look at you for like a crazy person for peeing in your compost. Like not that I do that all the time, but these little mm-hmm. things that like make so totally much do. sense, <laughs> make so much sense in some circles, you look like a crazy person. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a bit of a homecoming finding each other. And tell me about your, your health journey, Eileen, because I love hearing about this. Yes. So AC probably knows a little bit about this just from our, um, if y'all don't know, Anna Claire was my, you were like my boss when I was interning at Blue Ridge School of Herbal Medicine. 
Yeah, were, sort of. Yeah. Very, yeah, you were like like the apothecary manager and you guys yes, were coming in as apprentices. That was so fun. It was fun. We me and the other interns looked up to you so much. We thought you were like this very beautiful wise herbalist that we wanted to be like one day. But anyways, Aww. um I I've had digestive issues since I can remember. Like I never I don't remember ever not having a stomach ache. Um I don't ever remember not having to think a lot about food because so many foods hurt me when they very evidently weren't hurting the people around me. So I had like a really messed up relationship with food for that reason. But um, I had Lyme's disease pretty bad in first grade and was on a bunch of antibiotics, which we'll get into this later in the oral health section. But it from that very, very early age of being six or seven, when my microbiome was like, you know, coming into itself, I just doused it with like a ton of pesticides. Basically, I was on like adult strength antibiotics for a few months. And I really do think that was the beginning of my health issues ensuing. Um, so then I was later diagnosed with IBS when my mom kept taking me to the doctor because I was complaining of these stomach aches. I wasn't pooping. I was just a mess. Um, and so, yeah, diagnosed me with IBS, gave me all different sorts of pills to try. Nothing worked, nothing stuck. Um, eventually developed an eating disorder as one would with such a messed up relationship with food and associating, associating it with pain and like being different than nourishment. So it wasn't until truly I got into permaculture after college because college things really got messed up, really stressed out, um, not eating right, losing lots of weight, thought I was super cute. And actually I looked like a freaking skeleton. Um, but at Corey Pine School, that's when I found herbalism, like really fell in love with it and realized like, oh my gosh, I need to get my, my health in check. And this is the way, like that was when, that was my first, like, this, I ha I can see healing now. Like before I always felt I was going to be different and weird and always have these stomach aches, but um, through herbal medicine and learning how the body works, I was fighting against the body. I wasn't understanding what my body was doing. Was it trying to tell me something? And now I know, and now I'm so much healthier and happier and just kind of, you know, lit with passion to share it with others. Cause I, I meet so many people who should not be in as much pain as they're in. So, so yeah, that's my story. Hashtag thank lit. you. Hashtag. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. And, you know, I think that there's a similar thread through a lot of people who come to herbal medicine, whether they come to it as practitioners or whether they come to it for help because they're seeking something else that they haven't been able to find through, you know, other modalities as far as healing goes. So I think that that um, there's definitely a common thread there. And it's just like you said, it's so empowering when you finally get to that place where there are answers that are available to you and you can feel that. And it's almost hard to not get passionate because like once you're able to, to get yourself in a place where you're actually physically feeling better, your, you know, your emotions are better, like everything changes. And so wanting to share that with other people just is kind of a no-brainer, right? So mm -hmm. I know that there are a lot of people who are super grateful for both of you for sharing your stories and your journey and, you know, what got you to where you are now. So I definitely am super interested to learn how you both got into oral health. So I know you've, you've taken this track where you're exploring nutrition and you're exploring the herbs and, um, 
you know, connecting with the earth and everything. And then I remember seeing last year, some sometime in the middle of lockdown and pandemic and everything else, y'all started posting a lot about oral health and you were doing these great videos and sharing about these different products. So obviously we're going to go into that today, but I would love to know how this became sort of a focus for you in the first place. Yeah, um, it kind of honestly came out of nowhere, but uh, we were, of course, quarantined with the rest of the world last year and trying to understand this enigma, something that no one really had any understanding about and trying to, well, Eileen and I were living together at the time too. So you can imagine all of the crazy, weird, holistic rabbit holes (laughs) we went down between herbs and food and nutrition. It was, it was so much fun and probably so much not fun for the rest of the people living in the house. Um, but we kind of started to make a link between oral health and learning how that focusing on oral health and focusing on that microbiome really protects us from any harm for the rest of our microbiome. It's really like the start of the whole thing. And Personally, I never really thought about it as a way to protect myself against disease. But of course, like that's how things enter your body is through your nose and your mouth and your eyes. And and so um, it just kind of made sense. And then we started digging more into it and more people were also kind of getting on this kick. And so um, we started to go along with it and we found so much. It was crazy. Our minds were blown. Mm-hmm. I know. I never thought I'd be so interested in oral health and dentistry. That's always been just such a tangent. It's always been so separated in my understanding of what health is. But yeah, we were both vibing off of each other, just learning new stuff and feeling the effects later on. And I'm sure as you've encountered, when you start waking up to certain aspects of your health, you realize how messed up it might have been. Um, for me personally, that was like a huge deal uh, in learning about oral health, I was so detached from like how my mouth felt after certain foods and how, um, how my gums felt a little tender when I drank such and such. So it was, yeah, it was a big adventure and we learned a ton and it's really cool too, to see all the studies now that have been coming out, linking certain bacteria really prevalent in folks who have had really bad bouts of, um, COVID and the the bacteria are also the same bacteria that play a huge role in gum disease. So yeah, it was a very eye-opening thing for us. And we loved that there's also a whole field of dental herbalism that we really nerded out on as well. Yeah. And the thing that was kind of crazy was the things that we thought that we were doing to protect our teeth. When you get more into it and you figure out how to look at your mouth holistically, you realize, oh, wait, <laughs> I have been thinking about this the wrong way. So it was kind of like the last frontier for us as practitioners. And also as just, I don't know, we're our, we are our own experiments, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was kind of like the last frontier that we didn't realize that we were missing. But as holistic practitioners, it's a huge one. So mm-hmm. now we're lit with the passion to try and share, not just with people who are interested in protecting themselves, but also reminding other practitioners hey, don't forget about this part. We talk about gut health a lot and this is a first part towards it. Yeah, and there's a big link there, right? And um, 
it's, it's once you learn something, you can't really unlearn it. It's like, once you hear something, you know, it just kind of sticks in your brain. And it's really interesting now that you're talking about it. I'm thinking back to all of my herb school classes and everything, and we didn't have a single class on oral health. And I'm yeah. not sure, you know, I, I've only participated in one program um, or two different programs, but under the same school. So I don't know if this is something that's built into a lot of the other programs out there, but I definitely don't hear about it as much as the other body systems. And you definitely don't hear about the oral microbiome as much as you do the gut biome. And that's been almost like a buzzword or a buzz topic, I think, in the past years as more and more research has come about. And especially with the link between immune health and our, you know, the different bacteria that and organisms, I guess, that are within our bodies. So, um, yeah, it, it's and also, too, it's almost like oral health is sort of this taboo subject sometimes. Right. If you talk to somebody about going to the dentist, most people have this cringe worthy sort of experience where they're like, oh, yeah, no, don't make me go to the dentist, whatever you do. So really being able to be empowered and being in a place where people understand oral health more deeply and more thoroughly and can, you know, make these changes for themselves seems like a, a really beneficial thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what we think has been so helpful. Like what Amy said earlier on, we always try and live out our mission with everything we teach. And our mission is getting people to reconnect with nature and the human body is just a microcosm of the macrocosm. And so when you start to look at the entire human body as you would look at a natural environment, it becomes that much more easier. And it's really hard to unknow it because it's so intuitive to us. So like we, you know, human body as an ecosystem, the gut microbiome is the jungle. You know, we've heard people use that metaphor before just because of all the biodiversity in the gut um, and how diversity is good and a sign of resilience and health and strength. But when we started diving into this topic, we really realized like, wow, the gut microbiome is the biggest microbiome in the body. Everything in the mouth, when we swallow, we're inoculating the gut microbiome because it's part of the same GI tract. So the mouth is really like a breeding ground or like a nursery for all the bacteria that are going to be creating 80, 90% of your immune system. So when we started kind of like looking at it like that and the body as this big old ecosystem, it really, it makes so much sense why gum disease and poor oral health and hygiene is so deleterious. I don't know if I pronounced that word right to the rest of your body because it's an ecosystem. It's all connected. Well, and it's also really top down. So, you know, if, if you're trying to heal the gut, which we're, you know, I don't know if you guys have seen that meme where it's like, I got 99 problems, but, but healing my gut heal like solves 89 of them or whatever. It's like so silly, but if you're trying to heal your gut, like, which has been so huge these days in holistic care, and it should be for good reason, but it's all top down. So if you're, if you have like a, a mouth that's full of opportunistic bacteria or just is like a poor breeding ground and you're swallowing upwards of 900 times a day, it just like, oh yeah, duh, this makes sense that now if you're not seeing the progress that you would as you're healing your gut, if you're still having issues, then potentially we should look at the mouth and see what's feeding the gut. Mm -hmm. So, and then it even goes into like the lung microbiome because that's also a microbiome we don't talk about. And I think that's one of the reasons why it's really interesting with pneumonia and just other 
uh, bacterial diseases and even viral diseases because when your immune system is suppressed with bacteria, then opportunistic viruses also come around too. So it's really all connected and it's it's just so cool that we unlocked this part. Mm-hmm. Well, I feel like my mind is getting blown already because just the just the <laughs> the image of the mouth being a breeding ground for everything else that enters the body, I feel like mm-hmm. that's both fascinating and maybe a little bit like scary too. <laughs> cause yeah. you know, cause especially if this isn't something that we're considering or that we, you know, a lot of us don't even know about, then we have no idea what that looks like. And, you know, you're right. It is all connected and it's all, you know, going to the same place. So um, that's a really interesting point to make and to be aware yeah, well, of. And it's just crazy because I have always thought about my teeth as kind of like a thing that you whiten or a thing that you polish. And I've never really thought about my microbiome in my mouth. I felt like, oh yeah, it's kind of dirty. That, and so we need to think about that. Like you never use someone else's toothbrush. You know, we understand there's bacteria in the mouth, but you never think about the beneficial bacteria in the mouth how to like really promote the beneficial bacteria and how to nurture it and how to take care of it. So this isn't a thing that we're saying you need to go through and like, you know, kill all the bacteria in your mouth, which by the way, mouthwash does and then brings opportunistic bacteria and you have to try and rebalance the whole microbiome again. But um, I think once that clicked and we realized how different it is the dissonance between what we're taught and and the true reality of it Mm -hmm. yeah and one of our classes actually Amy had the idea to pose the question to our students when you think of the teeth when you think of your teeth do you associate it more with your hair and nails or with your liver or pancreas and everyone's like oh teeth hair and nails it's an aesthetic part of us it has no function in the general western understanding of the mouth, which is why we want them white and straight. And if your teeth are white and straight, you're healthy, but it's so, so false. Um, So starting to like get people to think of the mouth as a functioning organ, almost not organs, Mm -hmm. not the right word, but a functioning system. Like a living part of it. Yeah, a living part. They are alive. Our teeth are alive. A living part of us. It goes, you get health from the inside out, not just putting on these bleach wiping strips and doing all these things that are just a band-aid. Meanwhile, the problem is festering below. And it's just so crazy too. Like we have so many resources here in the U.S. We're so, so fortunate in a million ways. And I don't want to downgrade that, but our oral health is horrible. It's looking at the statistics and just learning about this. It's one in two people have periodontal disease or gingivitis or gum disease below the age of 60, 65. And then beyond that, it goes up to 70% of the population and disease in the mouth doesn't stay in the mouth. It is connected to the whole rest of the body because the immune system goes throughout the whole body. And so all these chronic inflammatory conditions that plague the modern world, they are absolutely rooted in an inflamed mouth. Um, So it's really like you got to put the fire out where it started. And a lot of times it's the the boca. Yeah. And it's also just crazy because I think that, as a society, we forget about the prolific kind of periodontal disease that's happening because we're really good at whitening our teeth. We're really good at getting porcelain teeth and root canals and dentures. And so it doesn't seem like there's that big of a deal, but 
It truly is. Mm-hmm. It truly is like an epidemic right now. Not to overuse that word, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, it's I, I think it's really interesting, the point that you make about in America, I feel like compared to a lot of other countries, we're known to have better dental health, but it's more of this superficial Mm -hmm. thing because it's like, oh, well, we have more access to dental care overall, perhaps. And so our teeth are straighter, our teeth are whiter. You know, we have access to dentures and root canals and crowns and all these different, you know, features of keeping up with the mouth, so to speak, but it it's not really portraying health, is it? It's more this kind of superficial, like it looks pretty, so it must be good, but what's really going on deep down, you know, people aren't talking about whether or not their gums are inflamed. You can't, you know, you don't necessarily know that when someone smiles, you don't know the state of mm-hmm. actual health within their mouths. And so mm-hmm. I've, I've definitely heard through the years that gum disease can lead to other inflammatory diseases or can lead to things like heart disease. But the picture has never really fully been painted for me as to why, why does this happen? How, what is the link there? So I'm, I'm definitely excited to hear a little bit more as y'all y'all delve deeper into this topic. Yes, we will illuminate you to the link. So it's quite simple. Um, So you've got this mouth, these bacteria in your mouth, and you also have a mouth that takes food multiple times a day. So after you eat some food, if you don't immediately switch with salt water or brush your teeth or just do a basic water rinse, some of that food remains on the tooth and that's what plaque is. And plaque can build up if you don't regularly clean it, which we'll get into later. Um, But these opportunistic bacteria that are very prolific in the modern world because of our diet and processing food and whatnot, they love to feed on this plaque. And so those bacteria are feeding on the plaque and that causes a breakdown of the soft tissue of your sulcus, which is like the space in between your gums and your teeth. So you can imagine these bacteria kind of feeding on the food, feeding on the soft tissue, just having a little feeding frenzy. And then that alerts the immune system because there's there's a wound there. And so the immune system is put on high alert, like, oh, guys, we got to send some inflammatory mediators to calm this. But oftentimes the bulk of the population doesn't catch it until it's a bit later. And so more as the tissue breaks down more, more opportunistic bacteria feed on it. Maybe you have another meal, there's more plaque on top of it. And then the immune system just kind of gets overwhelmed. And so it's like this chronic immune system um, or the immune system is always turned on and it's a vicious cycle. So that's, that's really how it starts. And then also, as Amy mentioned earlier, if you have these opportunistic bacteria that breed other bad things and loss of diversity, every time you swallow, you're, you're not, you not only have these inflammatory mediators signaling all throughout the body, but you're also swallowing some of that bacteria that's going to find refuge in the gut or in the lungs And again, it's just the body works in feedback loops, whether they be negative or positive. And this one, it just can compound and compound if you don't catch it early on with like simple, you know, regular cleaning and and other little things we can talk about. So, yeah, because you have to remember that this is your body interacting with the outside world. Your teeth are essentially bones that are protruding to help you digest your food. And your gums are this kind of frontier, this barrier Mm -hmm. that helps separate body from outside. And so the immune system is really uh, active at your gum line. Mm -hmm. And that's where a lot of this kind of bacterial, um, 
I don't want to say war, but like this bacterial regulation takes place. Mm -hmm. So there's two places that bacteria and inflammation can happen in the body. It's at the gum line, which is all of the periodontal disease. And then of course, as we swallow and invite the bacteria into our body through, of course, eating and breathing and drinking. So, mm-hmm. so there's two ways there that this inflammation can kind of occur in the body. And so it's like an analog of leaky gut, like leaky gut. Everyone talks about it. It's just leaky gums there. It's the same tissue, the same system, the same bacteria wrecking havoc because there's been a loss of balance. So it's like the tissue integrity as you're comparing it to leaky gut there, you know, like the, the spaces between are too big. So things are getting through, they're not being filtered out appropriately. (laughs) Bringing up some Dave Matthews fan here. (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, exactly. It's, it's the edge. The edge is always like in ecosystems. The edge is always where things happen, you know? Right. So it's like the borderlands. It's like, um, yeah, Amy, kind of like what you're saying, it's not necessarily this war, but it's kind of this frontier of like, who gets through, who gets by like this, this century, like at the gates, you know, at the gateway. And, and what we do, if we bring consciousness and awareness to what we're doing for our bodies, we can help our immune systems majorly. You know, there's this frontier that's happening and, and we can really we have such a big hand in really either supporting our immune system or putting more taxation on it yeah it is and it's really simple it's it like is simple very simple things that you can do I love that because um it's really fascinating to learn about this and at the same time I'm I'm getting this new visual for for oral health and I'm thinking about all the times I swallow as you're like talking about it I'm like oh god <laughs> yeah, what so am I sorry. swallowing what am I putting in there <laughs> No but it's great right because it it brings awareness um like you're saying and so the you know knowledge is power right and so the more that we know and the more that we learn about this then the more um I don't want to say control but the more say or input we have, Mm -hmm. the more power we have to really bring our bodies into a state of homeostasis or into a state Mm -hmm. of balance. So Mm -hmm. you're saying it's really simple, these different tools that we can, you know, bring into our lives to really take care of ourselves in this way and to take care of our oral microbiome. So I would love, can you share a little bit about some of the different practices that you've learned or some of the different tools and techniques that might be beneficial in this way yeah um well maybe maybe we can talk about some of the things that are wrong or things that we found to be Mm. kind of detrimental and then maybe offer like a good alternative to it because I think in my head linking those two things was like wow yeah so maybe with the strategy always I love that because, you know, I think that a lot of times we learn different techniques and we think that they're what we're supposed to be doing. And so we hold tight onto those. And if what Mm -hmm. we've learned is maybe not the most beneficial, then Mm -hmm. that's something like you're saying, it would be good to know that first so that we can understand why there might be a better way. Yeah. And and it's usually just like minute tweaks on things that we're already doing. Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, very small substitutes and tweaks. So, um, you know, I think that we were taught that we needed to like kill everything in our mouths, right? We needed to like really go in there and be harsh and like people love 
must have been and I love really hard toothpaste and like burn yeah. the burn is good yeah we're talking about like hurting is a good thing and um like those like holistic practitioners that's usually a sign the body is like um trying to put up a boundary as mm-hmm. if there's a pain there you mm-hmm. know so we need to listen to it and say okay why is there a pain and what's happening and it's it's honestly it gets me really up angry but we're not going to get on the soapbox Amy not today we're just going to talk about it we're going to talk about how alcohol-based mouthwash like a mouthwash is great like a mouth rinse is great especially after eating but an alcohol-based one again kills and actually dehydrates the mouth alcohol is very dehydrating and we get more into this kind of in our oral presentation and, and we kind of get more into this in depth but we really do want the mouth to be nice and moist and wet because we want um, the good bacteria to be really prolific and it needs that kind of environment in order to be prolific mm-hmm. for you know a very short way to say that. But yeah, dryness lets stuff in. It's like in Chinese medicine, wind invasion, it's basically just dryness brings in illness. It's like a sign of bad things to come if you don't keep it lubricated. Yeah, and I think that that's a really good point. I love when you bring in Chinese medicine. Um, but you know, I think most people take Listerine or they use Listerine because they want to have good breath. And the ironic part of it is that when it dehydrates the mouth, then you actually get bad breath because now you're going to um, kind of breed the ground for really bad smelling bacteria and you're going to need to reuse the Listerine again. And so it's a vicious cycle again. Mm-hmm. But instead, your mouth actually shouldn't smell like you shouldn't have bad breath naturally. That is an indication of a dysbiosis of bacteria. So if you keep your mouth kind of more moist and you use salt water, instead of Listerine, you use salt water. Sea salt water. Yes, thank you. Not table salt, get that out of here. Sea salt water, or just really any natural salts that also has really good minerals in it, Mm because that will help remineralize your teeth. That is the best swap out that I think. Mm It's so simple and way more accessible, more affordable. And my mom always made the really good observation when we would go to the beach. I guess we'd get a little bit more tan too, so the contrast was there. But there's something about ocean water, just like swimming in the ocean. Your teeth just feel like hard and white and vibrant or else I feel that robust when I go to the ocean. So, so yeah, salt, like if you're at work at a restaurant, you don't have a toothbrush or you don't have your little Listerine mini travel case, like Swishing with salt water um, is an amazing tool. It's also, again, my mom, who's holistic nurse, healer woman, she always told us the first sign of tickle in our throat, which is a sign of bacteria breeding and, you know, bad things to come as well to gargle with salt water because it's so antibacterial. Um, and it's great. It does it. It kills the bad guys, not the good guys. So um, or, it kind of neutralizes everything. Mm-hmm, it's yeah, just it rebalancing. Yeah, it doesn't. Not even to call them bad. It's bad when it's out of balance. There are, you know, yeah. But also um, our favorite tip is kind of just to carry a little bit of salt in your purse or in your car or keep some at your desk. You don't need to carry water around, obviously. You can Mm -hmm. just get some water, put some salt in it, easy peasy. Mm -hmm. And we'll do, I mean, yeah, we have these little vials of sea salt in our purses, but I love, especially now that it's getting warmer out, um, putting a sprinkle of sea salt and lemon in my water. And it's so much more hydrating than just drinking straight water because it's an electrolyte and water follows salt. Like sheep follow a shepherd. That's a fun saying, like a 
to think of, you know, why electrolytes are hydrating is because they actually get the nourishment into the cell. Um, yeah, that's probably our, one of our favorite tips. Yeah, so um, instead of Listerine, like rinsing the mouth is great, especially because you're cleansing it, but don't use Listerine. Don't use anything alcohol-based. Use salt water at the very least, but there's also really cool like herbal things mm-hmm. that you can put into. Yeah, we have a tea called Feeling Fresh that is a tea that you can drink and enjoy as a great like digestive um, or just a tasty daytime tea. But you can also brew some up to use as like an herbal mouth rinse because it has some herbs in it that are very useful for balancing and supporting the oral microbiome. Oh, that's a great idea. I like the the dual nature. You can drink it and you can use it as a mouth swish. Yeah. Yes. And so what I'm hearing you say, it, it's kind of reminding me of gardening. And it's that time of year here in Appalachia where I'm starting to like want to turn my garden beds and do all this different you know, preparation for Mm -hmm. the garden for this year. And I'm almost kind of likening what you're saying to like gardening the mouth or like gardening the oral biome, thinking of tilling and how sometimes that gives you bare soil, but then bare soil is also an invitation for anything to come Mm -hmm. and set roots and grow. So I'm kind of thinking of this in the same way where on one hand, you don't want to have, you know, prolific, amounts of certain bacteria within the mouth, but you don't want to wipe everything totally away and have a super clean slate because that's actually inviting, you know, you're, you're sort of laying this bare terrain and inviting in practically anything. Is that right? Yeah, 100%. That's it. Again, it's like, we are such natural beings, obviously. And so bringing in analogies that mimic how nature operates, it's so it's so correct. It's a 100% the exact same deal as being a good regenerative gardener. Um, yeah. And the bacteria in our mouth, like they actually do live in, in biosis, you know, mm-hmm. in symbiosis. And so there are natural processes that happen to where if we just support the mouth in, in the way it should be, and we don't go in there with crazy chemicals that are going to, you know, totally wipe the whole population out, there will be a symbiosis that occurs mm-hmm. and therefore symbiosis in the rest of the body. But another one that I think that we should touch on is fluoride toothpaste. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Because brushing our teeth is great. You know, we should totally brush our teeth. It's even more so we should floss our teeth. 30% mm-hmm. of the microbiome in our mouth is in between our teeth. But so people, uh, especially like what really grabbed my heart was moms who are looking out for their kids and they're trying to really strengthen their kids teeth and they're giving them like the fluoride toothpaste and and they're just being totally led astray Mm -hmm. and it's like this is such a contentious topic in fact the first time I ever really looked into fluoride was living in Asheville I just decided to go downtown one weekend and there's like this massive bus that had all this like anti-fluoride stuff on it and I was like who are these crazy people um but (laughs) there is I mean we state the facts like we're not you know acting like we know more than the other person but we do know how to find good research and fluoride it is in abundance and it is very cheap and subsidized because it's a byproduct of our conventional agricultural system like a lot of people don't realize that's where fluoride comes from it does harden your teeth but we're seldom just keeping it in our mouth we're swallowing that especially little kids are definitely swallowing it I know I loved the taste of my like blue bubblegum toothpaste and I would I would swallow it on purpose 
so there are numerous studies, particularly in children who just like a baby plant is more susceptible to environmental forces than an adult that is already, you know, fully grown and blossomed, although it's still, there's an effect, but fluoride does replace key minerals in um, our nervous system that, you know, govern how we think and how we feel. It'll replace it because it's a similar mineral and cause cognitive issues. And that is, I mean, that is a fact. Um, there's lots of studies on it. There's a great website called fluoridealert.org that you can see how much fluoride is in your water system. And there's also great um, water filters like the Berkey filter that we love. It has a fluoride insert to get it out because it is something dangerous. So yes, it hardens your teeth and can be very useful if you do have really porous teeth because some people just are more susceptible to porous teeth, but there are, but it's toxic to consume. And so it does have its pros, but its cons are kind of concerning. Um, but the option, well, there's just better alternatives. On yes, the, on exactly. The today. Like, mm -hmm. Yeah. Fluoride has its place, but now there's new technology. Yes. And like, why are we still sticking with something that is potentially dangerous to us when we could go with this new right. technology? Because it's abundant and subsidized. But the new technology, nanohydroxyapatite, isn't really that new at all because it's found in our bones right now. It's what makes our bones hard and strong. And there are a lot of great new toothpaste brands that use nanohydroxyapatite, 100% safe so kids can swallow the whole bottle. I don't recommend that, but it, it wouldn't be as deleterious there's that word again. The word um, of the day. <laughs> yes. I've like never used that word in my life. I don't know why I keep saying it, but um, as harmful to your health. And so that's, that was really fascinating for me to find because I did kind of feel, feel weird getting fluoride free toothpaste because I do know it hardens your teeth and it's so indoctrinated in us that you need it to not get cavities and to not have squishy teeth. And so I, I loved learning about the hydroxy oh, <laughs> Well, it is squishy. like teeth are sponges. Like we haven't really got into it, but teeth make their own saliva, like make their own fluids. They, they exude, they literally sweat. Like they're, that's why bleaching is so harmful because it makes them more porous and rips off your enamel. And so. Okay, but I want to tell them. Yeah, so, sorry. Mouthwash, but a mouthwash salt water instead mm -hmm. of fluoride toothpaste hydroxy nano hydroxy appetite toothpaste yes very easy swaps so you're still doing the same thing it's just swapping for a much better alternative it's so nice to have different options like that and I remember when I was really young and I would go to the dentist I would actually get a full-on fluoride treatment did y'all have that when you were young where I it was like a, a bite thing and it's like it's like gooey gel that tastes like bubble gum, like you said, Eileen. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of kids are like, ooh, this is kind of good. Like I think one time there was a strawberry flavor and I was like, yeah, I like this. And so it's so interesting because you're right. It does like you kind of want to eat it. And then nobody tells you that you like especially shouldn't eat that or, mm. or swallow it, you know? Yeah. And it's like they just, just wanted to make it pleasant. Yeah. <laughs> they want to make it pleasant for the kids so it's like just the way things happen it's not like there was malicious intent it's like there's a yeah, surplus of this thing that hardens your teeth let's make it taste good and let's harden people's teeth with it but then now we realize oh this this is not the best thing in the world um but yeah they i mean they they still offer that i just went to the dentist and they offered it but you can decline once you've been informed um, and we can also share some of our favorite holistic dentist resources that have really, yes. really awesome stuff coming from like a dentist perspective, not an herbalist. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not dentists. 
Yeah. So <laughs> this is just our nerding out research that has been blowing our minds that we've been getting from a lot of other dentists and putting it all together. Mm-hmm. But we're not dentists. So. Disclaimer. Uh, disclaimer. <laughs> But so yeah, those are good options to to do. Um, and again, we have like some products that we have found especially helpful in altering our habits. So I think and Claire, you said that you put that in the show notes. And so yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll link, we can link the, uh, the fluoride alert.org that you were just mentioning, Eileen, and then mm-hmm. we can definitely put in the show notes, any of the recommendations that y'all might have any other resources. We'll make sure to include that. So people can find mm-hmm. it really easily. Yeah. Cause there's, there's simple things. Like one of my favorite things is also a tongue scraper. And at first it was kind of gross, but now I can't live without it. And mm-hmm. it's just like, there are these small things that you can do that won't extend your routine your daily routine but if you just add it or slightly alter it you greatly support mm-hmm. the immune system and just the whole yeah whole thing. And I think even some of them are diet and lifestyle yeah I was gonna say beyond just like you know looking at the body holistically probably some of the greatest stuff you can do I mean it's all great but a lot of it is more diet based um and oh, I just had a thought. But anyways, with one of one of the things, the, the biggest thing for me, the biggest shift has been the fact that I am a have historically been a chronic snacker, probably because when I ate actual large meals, it hurt my stomach, which should have been an indication that I had deficient stomach acid and enzymes, but that is another podcast. So I always just grazed, like just grazed, never ate a full meal, just always nibbling on stuff. Um not a great way to live for the long term for sure but you're every time you put food in your mouth your mouth is necessarily demineralizing itself in order to break down that food so if you always are eating your teeth can never go into that rebuilding stage kind of like you know i'm sure um your listeners might be familiar with the mm, motility complex my hang on. The MMC, I can't remember the first letter. It's like that system that turns on when you don't have food in your stomach to kind of deal with maintenance. It's why it's like fasting is so hot right now. It's because your body can turn on maintenance instead of focusing on digestion, which it prioritizes over everything else. So just eating three square meals a day, swishing with salt water after the meal and like giving your tooth, your teeth that like three to five hour period to remineralize Um, I also used to sip my coffee for like hours and I'd sip my wine for hours. I was just like constantly having an acidic mouth just because of my lifestyle and my diet combined. I feel like I want to just clarify that when you say demineralized, it's because the mouth is turning acidic Mm -hmm. because of course we need it to be acidic in order to break down food. Good clarification. So it's a really good thing. Our mouths need to be acidic at certain points of the day, Mm -hmm. but if you're eating throughout the day, keeping it acidic yes. and then it starts to really um eat out your teeth and really demineralize mm-hmm. it because minerals are have have a higher pH yes it's always confusing. they're alkaline, alkaline. so there's yeah, a time so, for your mouth to be acidic but then you don't yes. want that to be sort of a constant state it needs to be acidic when you're eating so you can digest that food so that food isn't serving as an unbroken down food source for bad bacteria in the gut which can also contribute to dysbiosis and a stressed immune system. So that was a huge tweak for me. Um, I also kind of switched to, Amy actually just post a hilarious and informative reel on Bombillas, but just drinking stuff through straws helps because, I mean, it's 
you're still acidifying your mouth, but it's not, you know, directly getting on the tooth, especially for someone like me who does enjoy black tea, green tea, coffee, things that could stain. Um, that that's kind of a fun kind of tangential trick, but that was my biggest lifestyle diet shift. And then maybe do you want to talk about some like foods? So I have a question for you real quick. I want to, I want to dive deeper into the food portion of this, because as we know, food is, is it's ubiquitous. It's something that we all relate to that we socialize around and that has myriad effects on our health in so many different ways. But I want to back up for just a second. And can we just spend like a minute talking about tongue scraping? Because this is something that I learned a while back in Ayurveda. And I never really incorporated it into my routine until recently. And after I saw some of your posts, I went onto the Boca website and I was getting some of these different, um, the hydroxyapatite toothpaste and the tongue scraper. And I think I actually mentioned this to you when I first got mine, but I had this really weird reaction where when I started to use the tongue scraper, like at the back of my tongue, my tongue like flexed up and it didn't like it either wanted to be like curved, like concave or convex, but it wouldn't be straight. Uh (laughs) I don't know why that happened. I don't know if it's just like, it's such a new, you're not alone in my mouth, but tell us why tongue scraping. And maybe how you do it, because maybe I'm just not doing it right. Okay. Well, I mean, maybe every tongue is different. Well, every tongue is definitely different. It didn't like say that like a tongue print is as unique as the fingerprint. I maybe believe that's, it. That's tangential. Anyway, so tongue scraping is just incredibly important because um, a lot of people want to brush their tongue. But if you think of your tongue as kind of a carpet, which it kind of is with all the taste buds. Mm-hmm. If you um, take something else, it's like a toothbrush and you massage a carpet, it'll just push things further into the tongue. And it gives places or it creates little pockets for bacteria to live. And that's not what you want. So you want something kind of hard, but gentle, of course, like a tongue scraper, which if you guys haven't seen a tongue scraper before, it looks like a really long U shape. And it has like a little lip at the end of at the top of the U. And you use that to scrape your tongue. Um, and I was pretty intimidated at it by it at first, which is probably why I love it so much because it's come a long way for me. <laughs> but um, you, when you use a tongue scraper, you're essentially lifting the bacteria up and off the tongue instead of rubbing the bacteria back into the tongue. And so you're getting all of this colonized bacteria off of your tongue because of course that's a big part of your whole oral microbiome is your tongue it takes up a lot of space in your mouth so um it is an ayurvedic practice that i think everybody and their mom should do because it really gives an opportunity to um talk to and uh, kind of reset the bacterial overgrowth there and of course when you swallow you're using your tongue so Mm-hmm. it's just the coolest thing ever a lot of people will have some bleeding I think you did right yeah you? the first few times I did it, I had blood come off but that's it can be pretty normal mm-hmm. you're gonna see a lot of crud come off your tongue at first it's like simultaneously disgusting and also really rewarding it's like where does it all come from because it's not like you Ooh. see it just on the tongue but it's great to do it first thing in the morning because most of us if you're not mouth taping which is another fun little biohack bio oral health hack we talk about 
a lot of us have the tendency to have our mouth open while we sleep. And going back to what Amy was talking about previously about a dry mouth is a um, vulnerable mouth. We can have a lot of bacteria replicate real quick in eight hours, seven hours, we're asleep. And so doing it first thing in the morning is a great part of your morning routine. doesn't take yeah, long like at all. Yeah, doing it at night too. Yeah. You're getting all the stuff off your day, especially if you're eating a lot of sugar. But um, you were talking about your tongue kind of going convex or concave. Mine also kind of, I guess, goes concave. So it's like up like a hill? No, I was thinking it's like it goes down. Anyway, uh, it looks like a U sometimes, and I really have to focus. It's like a mini meditation for me. That's so weird. I don't have that. You know, though, like we taught, this is again a tangent, but your vagus nerve, which is what ushers in the good parasympathetic rest and digest state that we all need to be hanging out in way more. The gag reflex like massages or exercises the vagus nerve because a lot of us have weak vagal nerve tone because we are so chronically stressed without us even knowing it. So it's also like I, I gag sometimes when I do it, which is apparently exercising my vagus nerve. So it's all good. But I wonder if that's some weird like vagal response because that's where the nerve kind of travels, which is why. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And so it's almost like it's not a bad thing necessarily, right? If it's toning your vagus nerve, but also yeah, if you're like trying I to clean a... your tongue, <laughs> you might, mm-hmm. you know, and your tongue is a super strong muscle too. So maybe it just, you know, it's also probably just getting used to that process. Yeah. Trying it at different angles is maybe the, the best thing to try and get it different times. But yeah, I just like use the motion of like licking an ice cream cone. I've never, that's so cool. Can you lick your tongue scraper instead of scrape your tongue? I stuck my tongue out and I go, <laughs> like, I just drag it. Like. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I'm going to try and see if I can feel my, my tongue tensing up next time I do it. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's just like the initial reaction of like, what is this process that's happening right now? And then mm-hmm. I'm sure that the more I do it, because this is still pretty new for me. So I'm sure I'm sure the mm-hmm. more I do it, it'll become, you know, maybe my tongue won't be like, whoa, what's going on? It'll like get used to <laughs> the different motions and movements. Okay, so I really appreciate that. And it seems like it, it does um, really make a difference. And it could be a really key integral part of keeping the bacteria population sort of within the confines of where we want it. So let's Mm -hmm. maybe jump back over to the the food portion of things and how our diet and nutrition play a big role in this. Yes, there is actually a really cool study. Um, So Dr. Dr. Mark Berheim, he goes by Ask the Dentist on Instagram and he always has a lot of great juicy tips, but he mentioned this study at one point in which two groups of people, one just had a standard American diet, but they had access to floss, maybe floss, but definitely toothpaste. And the other group um, was eating, oh, you're back, was eating a paleo diet. And the amount of inflammation in the standard American diet brushing group was far greater than the paleo diet, which just speaks back to the conundrum of the modern world. Like we're not living in a way that is um, in harmony with how our bodies evolved. And so it's pretty simple and it holds true for a lot of other aspects of your health, but staying away from excessive sugars, processed grains, um, is just doing that would have a huge, you know, play a huge role in your oral health. And I don't know about you, but like, there's an evident difference in my mouth. Like after I've eaten, 
you know, like a store-bought muffin. Like there's just that like sticky kind of like, and then you have like like sugar bread. Right. Like you get like a film on your tongue. Those bacteria are like going to town so quickly. And, you know, the, the dawn of the agricultural revolution, which was great in so many ways, because we kind of shifted from being hunter gatherers to more, you know, homesteaders. Um, So again, always pros and cons, nothing good or bad, but the, that allowed certain opportunistic bacteria that love those agricultural foods of commerce, like common, you know, modern grains and processed foods um, to really proliferate. And then they kind of killed out or they're so hardy and um, robust that they made the biodiversity of our oral microbiome get way less. So streptococcus mutants is one bacteria that used to play well with others and then dawn of agriculture revolution. And suddenly that's the bacteria that kind of loves going to town on, on the sugar. So just doing as much as you can to, if you have had a meal with a lot of processed carbohydrates, like lots of grains or baked goods or whatever, swishing with the salt water, flossing because those little sticky polysaccharides do get loved to hang out in between the space between, um, but also there are certain foods that clean your teeth, like strawberries and carrots and even like good hard cheese, hard cheese mm-hmm. like good broth. <laughs> yeah. So if you are in a pinch and you're at a restaurant and you don't want, you know, you're with a date and you don't want to have sugar breath afterwards, like have a carrot in your purse. No, don't do that. But that would be weird. <laughs> sugar Very <breath>. practical. <laughs> yes. Yes. I always carry a hard carrot in my purse <laughs> in a pinch. <laughs> <laughs> um, parsley is another great one. It's yeah. a really great question. Now, when you so, say something like parsley, is that something that is only beneficial if it's fresh? I mean, I guess you wouldn't really want to chew on dried parsley anyway, but could people, <laughs> if people had just dried parsley in their cabinet, could they make a quick tea and like swish that or something? Or is it more just like eating? Probably better because it's kind of, yeah, the saponins and all the goodness and parsley, I think, really are best and most active when Mm -hmm. it's fresh. But But if you have something like cinnamon or cardamom, or fennel, all of those ones you can use as a dried herb. Yeah, we, I often have like a little bowl of um, cardamom and fennel seeds on the table, kind of like if you go to an Indian restaurant and they'll have the candied fennel and cardamom, so it's not the best thing to chew on. Like, it's kind of funny, actually, that breath fresheners are just peppermint essential oil with a bunch of sugar because it's going to give you, I don't know if you've ever sucked on a little peppermint patty, like it tastes good at the moment, but then you get sugar breath. Yeah, it like started in a good place. And yeah. Just got How can we make sugary. this taste better? Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we'll have like a little mixture of just fennel seeds and cardamom pods and chewing on that is really refreshing or putting hot water over it. Many things you can do. Yeah, I think that would probably be a better tasting tea than dried person. <laughs> yeah, I would agree with that. And I will say I have traveled with fennel before, almost like, you know, you can get a little mint tin or Altoid tin or something like yes. that and just put dried fennel seeds in there. And I've definitely done that. And it's a lot easier to put in your purse than like a giant hard carrot. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. Anna Claire got the better too. Yes. <laughs> is like the ultimate bread. Like I, I have the whole pods, um, like in the green outer shell and I'll just suck on them. Like if I, it's not time to eat yet, but I want to, I will put a pot in there and it's really great for breath freshening because it's also antibacterial and carminative and good for digestion as well. 
And I wanted to just add that the streptococcus mutants and kind of just like having a loss of bacterial diversity in the mouth isn't just detrimental to the mouth. Like this is much more prolific and it's not just even to the gut health and to lung health. I mean, gum disease and the bacteria there has been associated with lots of other chronic inflammatory diseases like Alzheimer's and stomach ulcers. I mean, dementia, mm -hmm. a lot of this stuff goes much further, much deeper than what you would initially think mm -hmm. about your mouth. You know, this thing that you whiten and polish. Yeah. And it goes back to lifestyle. Like it is, that's why food is so hard for people to address because there's this huge lifestyle factor and the need to kind of switch some things up. And we are as a species afraid of change and hesitant to, to do stuff that's good for us. Um, so I think that's why it's the little incremental things over time. Like if you have a cupcake and you don't chew in cardamom afterwards, like you're not going to have, you know, horrible things happen immediately, but it's that little slow and slow, low and slow progression over time that you can really mitigate with just regular cleaning and always being aware of what's going on in your mouth. Yeah. And we're not even saying don't eat the cupcake. Mm -hmm. We're just saying have some salt water, cardamom, or just take care of your oral microbiome afterwards. Mm -hmm. So just having that mindfulness around the practices that we're already sort of incorporating into our lives and then just, you know, yeah, keep a little cardamom and fennel in your purse or keep a, a couple of sachets of sea salt and then just swish around mm -hmm. and you can eat that cupcake and you can have your glass of wine and you can take care of yourself after that and, and mm -hmm. kind of prepare yourself to, to be in a better state of balance. It seems like. Exactly. Exactly. Nice. So I know that a lot of times when we talk about oral health and the herbal scene, even if we haven't had any full classes on it, I remember being out on plant walks and talking about different trees that have been used over time, maybe by some of the natives, especially here in Appalachia. Um, there's like a, a really strong history and connection of working with the plants with the native tribes that have lived here, like the Cherokee. And so I know you all have talked about chew sticks before, and I'm wondering if you can tell us a little bit more about this and how, how is a chew stick, um, you know, how can we use that to our advantage? What, how does it work? What is, what does that even mean? Yeah. Yeah. So chew sticks, kind of like what you're saying, you know, you just would use it in, you would sharpen one end and kind of fray the other. So you're like a, a primitive if you want to use that word, but um, like toothbrush almost. And so we would pick in between the teeth with a sharp end and then, you know, obviously chew and kind of uh, work the frayed end, but they would use willows and oaks and soft frost. And it's really beautiful because they're all, now we know, antibacterial and also antifungal. So they were really addressing this balance of the microbiome in the mouth way before we even really knew about it. Mm -hmm. And like, just on that note too, I just thought of something fascinating I learned with um, some like holistic dentist challenge that if you are eating a very, you know, clean paleo diet um, with not a lot of sugars, um, you could challenge yourself and just brush with, with no toothpaste, like dry brush, because it's, I mean, the toothpaste is great as like a polish and Boca toothpaste has a nano hydroxy appetite, but a lot of it is just the motion of like massaging your teeth that kind of stimulates more growth and cell turnover. And so like we have a tooth powder that I'll use sometimes instead of toothpaste just to have something um, herbal and, 
and, you know, tooth strength strengthening, but sometimes I'll just dry brush as well. So that's another fun thing to remember about brushing. It's not so much what you put on it, but the act of doing it properly. And if you dry brush with willows and oats and sassafras, mm-hmm. then you're also getting all the beautiful medicinals yes. inside those. Mm-hmm. And is there any sort of like pressure that feels best? Is it is it possible to brush your teeth or your gums too hard or not enough? Or like, how does that factor into the equation? Yes. Yeah, you can definitely brush too hard and hard brush, hard bristle toothbrushes are not great. We um, advocate for soft bristle toothbrushes and circular motions. Um, I was a medium gal and I didn't yeah. know that until this past year. No, you don't actually want, the harder is not the better. You just want to massage it kind of off because the more that you kind of hurt and create micro tears in your gums, so your gums don't grow back. Mm-hmm. And the more you micro tear your gums, the more inflammation you bring to your gums, the more they kind of recede. And that, again, is the frontier between the outside world and your body. And so you want to keep your gums really healthy. Mm-hmm. I used to brush my, I would do hard bristles. Like I would, I'm the sort of person who's like, pain is good. And I would love it. There's something about tooth pain that almost, I don't know about y'all, but when you were losing teeth, like it felt good to like wiggle a tooth oh, yeah. that was sore. And I, I used to always get this sore spot in the back of my mouth um, when I was a kid, just like inflamed gums, probably from having poor oral hygiene, but I would, it, brushing it hurt so good. And I remember just being like, ah. Um, but yeah, that's not necessarily the best route. I think a lot of people think that way though, that, you know, yeah, give me the hard bristle brush. It'll get all the stuff off. And then, you know, Mm -hmm. if I really go at it, then that's the best way to do it. But it sounds like that's, that's not actually what's going to be the most helpful in the long term. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It's that go hard mentality that doesn't really serve all instances very well. So yeah, soft bristles, you know, just enough pressure to feel it. It's like, you don't want to be barely touching it, but circular motions, mm-hmm. getting that frontier or the space between the gum and the tooth where they meet is very and really important. getting all surfaces of your teeth. Something that I really found that I did was, um, I have a pattern of brushing my teeth and cause you don't think about it, you know, you're doing other things, but when you're when you try and make a meditation of it and you try and be really present with how you're brushing your teeth, you're like, wow, I've missed the whole quadrant mm-hmm. of the back of my teeth because that's just not how my hand goes when I'm brushing mm-hmm. my teeth. But if you start to actually think about all the surface of your teeth and brush for an actual two minutes instead of, you know, the 30 seconds that you mm-hmm. think is two minutes, um, it's plenty of time to get all the surface of your teeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, you know, I feel like when we're taught to brush our teeth, first of all, we're really young. So we're not really taking in all that information, but we're just, you know, we just kind of feel like, oh, we just do a quick swipe or I'll just brush back and forth for a couple seconds and I'm mm-hmm. good to go. But, you know, ideally, so two full minutes, that's what we're shooting for mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or at least until you've covered all the surface areas of your teeth. But I would say, Two minutes, you're hopefully you've done that because it's hard to keep intentional about it. So actually a great practice is to do it with your left hand. Yeah, I was going to say that, but I was like, you have to go slowly. Mm -hmm. So is that just for right-handed people or just? Oh, yes. Sorry, that was very (laughs) non-inclusive. Do it with your non-dominant hand. Yeah. Okay. And so, so what does that do? You're like, you're moving, you're not just kind of going with. You just have to think about it. You're right. Yeah, you're just. So you have to be more mindful. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then maybe go back over it with your dominant hand in case you, you really messed up with your <laughs> left hand. You know? I mean, with your 
I Amy was I was making Amy whip some cream last night with her left hand. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds challenging as a right-handed person myself to to like yeah, it's interesting. And just kind of as a side note, I actually learned in a class a while back that when you do things with your non-dominant side, you're you're creating new neural pathways within your brain. So you're actually retraining your brain to do things in a different way. So it sounds like if we yeah, can apply this mindfulness, that that's really mm-hmm. what it all comes down to. We we have this awareness, the knowledge is power thing. And like, once we have those pieces, then we can really do this with intention. And with that mm-hmm. intention going even more deeper into our full body health and into hardening our gut biome. And then from there, everything flourishing in a better way. No, I'm glad you pointed that out. Because you're using your non-dominant hand. And eating with your left hand is a, we all eat too fast, but eating with your left hand, putting your fork down, it's, is also a little bit of a game changer. If someone is dealing with digestive issues, it could just be that they're eating a little too quickly and not letting their mouth break down some of those carbohydrates that your tummy has a hard time breaking down. So that's a fun side. My husband always makes fun of me for eating really slow. Cause I am, I'm a pretty slow eater, but I always just, I have this defense. I'm like, well, that's not what the Ayurvedes would say. They say that you should eat slowly. So I like having this, no, backup. You're doing it right. <laughs> I like having that's some awesome. people in my corner here. <laughs> yes. Slowly, well, um, slower is way better. So I wonder if there are any further points that y'all wanted to bring up um, before we talk a little bit about what your sort of normal routine is at this point, now that you have gotten all of this additional education around oral health. Yeah, I think that just as herbalists, I'd love to spotlight a few other herbs um, because they're, they're not far away from you. So one of them is rose, and I mean, we all know rose and and that's because it's astringent it's antioxidant it also tastes really good so we're not trying to make this unpleasant at all it also has a lot of vitamin c and flavonoids and so um it's really helping your immune system as well from the inside out um and that's also a great kind of mouth swish it's under feeling fresh mouth rinse as well um just because it tastes so good. Mm-hmm. Rose and cardamom. <laughs> we already talked about cardamom, but rose and cardamom are two most popular herbs we use in our blends because they're so multi-useful and they just, you're, if you're new to herbalism or drinking teas, you really need it to taste good. And here are two herbs that are great harmonizers and they also just taste amazing. And in that same feeling fresh tea, the one that you can swish or sip, we've also included calendula which also also happens to be in our um, bless you tea for allergy season. But I think the cool thing about rose and calendula is they're both really um, great for the skin. So calendula is anti-inflammatory and astringent as well. And it's historically used as like a wound healer topically. Um, Also a mild immune stimulant, which is kind of a cool connection to its sister species, echinacea, which we all know for the immune system. But both rose and calendula are great for like topical epithelial and we epithelium. And we forget that um, our insides are lined with that same epithelial tissue. So what, what helps the skin, what wound heals the skin also can heal little wounds um, inside you. So I love those, especially if you're someone who doesn't floss all the time. And when you do floss, your gums start bleeding. That's a little micro tear that if you're not careful, you know, some of those bacteria can can kind of wreak havoc and send those inflammatory mediators to alert the immune system. So it's really important to make sure you're 
stringing and cleaning up those little micro tears that we yeah, can get. Yeah, so when you have a micro tear, especially with Rose or Calendula, there's some combinations of the two will just help to heal and keep those wounds clean. Mm-hmm. So would you recommend that practice for, like you said, people who, when they do floss their teeth, they end up having their gums bleed. Would you say that it would be a good idea to swish after flossing in that case? Yes. Yes. You always want to swish and brush after flossing. So flossing should come first because it does work up a lot of the embedded plaque and bacteria. And so if you floss last, you wouldn't have a chance to kind of get rid of that stuff. And if you are someone who has always has your gums bleed, even after flossing for a while, that's just an indicator that you've got some inflammation going on somewhere else. And so maybe look at um, the bacterial balance in your gut, maybe addressing addressing something like that could help lower that inflammatory response that's being, you know, aroused in your mouth. Yeah. So you can kind of think of flossing your teeth. Um, I don't know if you guys, your moms were like this, but my mom never said, or always said that you have to wipe the counters before you sweep the floors, because if you had to sweep the floor and wipe the counter, then you got to sweep the floor again. So it's Mm -hmm. kind of the same thing. Flossing is, wiping the counters mm-hmm. and then brushing and sweeping the floors. Mm-hmm. So that's um, like a good way to remember it. But yeah, going back to the micro tears, uh, you can either do it with rose, but salt water is also really attainable mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So salt water is astringent too. If you're trying to do something tonight or if you're brushing your teeth this morning and you're having a, you know, a little bit of a bleed, then don't fret. You don't have to wait for rose. Go find salt. I love that there are so many options and that they really are easy accessible. Like you said, rose and calendula, even if you don't have them growing near you or, you know, ones that are growing near you that aren't sprayed or that sort of thing. Those are both herbs that are really easy to get in commerce oftentimes. Mm -hmm. And so you might be able to find them at a co-op or online or whatever else. Yes. And we didn't highlight, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we didn't highlight cinnamon, which most everyone has in their pantry. And that's a really great wound healer, astringent, breath freshening, antibacterial. So that's another fun, easy one to to swish quickly. And with all of these, yeah. um, you're, you're saying, or what I'm hearing at least, is that the best way to incorporate these would be to make a, a tea out of them. So you would put them in water and let them steep for a certain amount of time. Or how would you recommend people incorporate these plants like rose, calendula, and cinnamon? So um, that's just the most easily accessible way for people. And I, I would say like, less of a tea, you want, you want to see some of it in there. You want it to be flavorful and strong, you know, maybe not necessarily to sip, but to rinse. So we keep saying tea, but I wouldn't necessarily recommend you like drink all of this. If your gums are bleeding, you know, hold it in your mouth, swish it for a little while, especially the salt water. And then, you know, of course, spit it out. If you wanted to make that a tea, a tea out of it post meal, that's also great. You know, um, but the other way is in tooth powder. So our tooth powder has uh, cinnamon and Echinacea, nutmeg, yeah, myrrh, mm-hmm. lots of remineralizing things in there too. But that's just a little less attainable for for an everyday person. But yeah, you can incorporate these herbs in many different ways. I mean, even you can take like sage and rub it on your teeth if you wanted to. But um, Yeah, I think Mm -hmm. as far as like our routine goes, I think you're asking about that earlier. We tend to floss and then tongue scrape, brush, 
and then rinse with a little salt water. Mm -hmm. And then, so I don't, I'll brush my teeth in the morning and at night, but throughout the day, after I have a cup of coffee or after I have a meal, I'll do salt water rinse. And if my, like today, I was feeling a little tickle in my throat, I salt water rinsed and I salt water gargled. So we use sea salt. Yeah. And again, there's a going to be the routine in the show notes and there's other stuff in there. Like I know, Eileen, you like to mouth tape a lot. Mm-hmm. Mouth taping was a bit of a game changer for me. Yeah. Um, one of and those things. And then I like a little gum scraper in there sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's like a few other things you can do the frills, but the, that's like the basics is just the. Nice. Um, and so with the tongue scraping, <laughs> so, so you're saying this is something, and do you only scrape your tongue in the morning or is that something that you do throughout the day, multiple times, every day, every other day? Like what, I mean, obviously everybody's routine may be a little different, but if you were just kind of setting forth some guidelines. um, Yes. For me, I like it first thing in the morning. I think Amy does it in the morning and at night. Yeah. I kind of like to check out my tongue in the morning and see what's up because I think that kind of sets the, the press or the president for the day, you know, is, to see, you know, is my tongue really swollen today? Do I have a film on it? Like, did I mouth breathe last night? You know, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm already doing stuff with my mouth in the morning by doing my oral care routine. So I just really like tongue scraping. And then at night, I think especially after eating, that's when I get the most gunk off of it, to be honest, is at mm-hmm. night. Interesting. I don't do, I'll have to do that. I'm in, I'm in a good solid habit of in the morning, but at night... I have so I'll have to compare. It's like when you brush your teeth, you said, and you have that like feeling when yeah. you like hit a sore spot. Yeah. This isn't sore for me, but it just feels so, it's like the most immediate effect for what I'm doing. One I of, get to see it come yeah. off instead of, you know, you don't get to do that with brushing. I've been in the habit a few, like an hour or so after I, I finish dinner, um, I will make, just make cinnamon and cardamom because they're just right by my hot water thing. So it's very easy for me to do, but I'll make like a strong tea with cinnamon and cardamom and it feels, so I'll drink and enjoy like the first half of it. Um, cause it's so tasty, but then the last half is where some of the powder settles. So it's stronger and it's still warm. And if I swish with that warm cinnamon water, like there's something about swishing with warmth when your gums are a little inflamed, that just is like, again, that good hurt, but in a very gentle way. So that's a fun, that's kind of in my nighttime pre-brush ritual. I would imagine that that sort of helps with the circulation factor too, instead of having something that's cold, like the warmth brings the circulation Mm -hmm. and the blood and can help to move things out also maybe. Yes, absolutely. Good point. Awesome. So we're going to, so you guys are going to have a link for us that we'll put into the show notes that talks a little bit more about your oral care routine and and where people can find some of these products. Definitely. Yeah. And we have a lot of resources for you guys as well. So if you feel really inspired by this, that we hope you do, you can continue to find more information, not just through us, because we don't want you to take our word for it only. We want you to do your research too and feel really empowered by what you find because there's so much out there. So there will be lots of other um, just research links. As yes. Well. Yeah. And reach out to us with questions. We love, we've connected with so many awesome people through our social media community. So we would love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing all of this. I already feel a lot more empowered and I'm like, 
I feel like as soon as I get off this call, I'm going to go and do a saltwater swish because I've definitely been sipping <laughs> yeah. all, my, all my coffee throughout the whole call. Um, I was just thinking about that too. <laughs> I know you said that and I like had my coffee cup in my hand like, oh, okay. Yeah. Good point there. Um, so also you mentioned your social media accounts and, and having people reach out to you. What's a really good way for people to connect with y'all to learn about upcoming classes you might have to find your products? Drop in our DMs. <laughs> it's at Smooth Girls Athens. And, and that's um, on Instagram and Yes, mm-hmm. that's pretty much everything. And it's herbgirlsathens.com. And then our email address, because you're you're welcome to email us. It's probably like the fastest way to get to us is getting.herby. Herby at gmail.com at gmail.com. Okay, cool. Well, we will make sure to link all of those in the show notes. And I actually have another question for you all that I'm incorporating into every podcast episode now. And at the beginning, (laughs) at the beginning, we're not doing like a fast, you know, I'm not going to like throw like 20 questions at you and see how fast you can answer them. But (laughs) at the beginning, I talk about how one of my intentions for this podcast is to have it be something that nourishes people. And so I just wonder if there's anything that's coming up for the two of you right now, individually or as, you know, as business partners, however it may come through, like what's nourishing you right now on any level? Mm, I love that word. So I'm, Eileen's going to like, she's heard about this so much. Oh, I know what she's going to (laughs) say. about love right now and it's talking about uh how how love is and is not portrayed in our society and how we may or may not understand it and I think it's just really helping me deepen connection not just to you know some of the most loved ones in my life but also just my community and strangers and people on the internet that you know it feels like there's a lot of hate sometimes out there in the world but really realizing how to love people on a deep level is yeah I think nourishing my spirit and my soul so much Mm -hmm. so I love that yeah I have to read that book we'll add that to the show notes too um that book because she's been crazy about it I think that's a great answer I think for me 2021 has been very um like existential in a good way I don't know what that word is for me (laughs) I think I've really fallen into a good morning routine where I'm consistently doing prayer and breath work which you hear about all the time in our circles but I'm always like yeah it's so good for you I recommend it to my clients and my students but I'm not actually following through but I've been very intentional about every morning I have my um prayer that I do usually like a walking prayer and then and then breath work but in those instances when I'm veering away or when my mind wanders during that time it wanders to a good spot of just like forgiving my mind for hating my body for so long not to get like super deep but I've had such um an anger at the way my body has been like just with the pain associated with it. Like what I said when I'm younger, like being angry at why can't I eat this push pop without my stomach hurting? Like, why does everyone else get to enjoy it? And I didn't realize how deeply embedded that is. And so I'm at a point now I've done like a lot of healing over 2020, like personal health stuff. And now I'm realizing every little thing my body was doing, it was just trying to help me and I wasn't listening. And so that's been like a really cool nourishing little thing that I've been realizing is just actually not just saying grace is good, 
um, you know, loving your body is good, but like actually living into it. So it's taken a while, taken almost 30 years, but here we are. You know what I just realized too is that um, I feel like that's your superpower is like healing. You, you Mm -hmm. feel into other people. You're able to like see others and love others and like feel into them and feel you just are like able to relate to other people and feel into them so well and so it's like so beautiful that your body is able to feel from such a young age because I bet it did hurt their stomach but they were so unaware of it yeah and so it's like so beautiful because it's totally your superpower and you're Mm -hmm. owning that shit girl owning it thanks for that yeah so Uh, Well, those are both such good takeaways. And, you know, it's funny, Amy, that you're like, I know it's kind of cheesy, but, you know, love is nourishing. And I think that especially, (laughs) (laughs) no, but it's, but it's such a good point because even though it's something that maybe people say a lot, you're right. There's so much out there and especially on the internet and in certain forums where you don't really feel that love so much, you know? And I think that especially over the past year where our levels of connection have been shifting, you know, connecting with our Mm -hmm. communities and connecting with other people and our ability to actually connect in person, that's shifted for a lot of people over the last year. So finding different ways that we can remember that inherent love within ourselves and within our communities and the people that are closest to us and also extending that to people that we don't even know. Love can take many different forms. And so, you know, even mm-hmm. just like I have this note on my computer for when I am recording these podcast interviews that says smile, because even though mm-hmm. I don't share the video, it comes through in, in your voice. Right. And if, if I'm just like sitting here and I'm like reading something and I'm not smiling, then it probably com- comes across as more monotone. And like, I don't that's really so actually care, you know? So really, mm-hmm. I think that that's such a good point. And we can all use more love. Like I've never heard anybody say, oh, you know what? That person just didn't live a good life because they were loved too much. You know, like that's, I don't think that's a thing. It's so crazy because, well, we're going to get into a whole different tangent and I'm going to stop after this. But I think what is kind of revolutionizing it all for me is that we often think of love as like this caring or um, kind of like an adoration. But she starts to define love as, and I think she might've gotten it from another author. It's a great book. You guys should read it, but it's, it's talking about like the, the will and the commitment towards your own spiritual growth as well as another's. And I think that that just is so much deeper and it's so much profound than Mm -hmm. just like, um, receiving like a good feeling. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, it goes to so many levels yeah, wow. respect and honesty and trust. And yeah. And so all of those things, I mean, you say love and she even says how it's kind of like a empty word sometimes because we use it for so many things. But when you start to think about it and like, I asked my boyfriend, I was like, what does love mean to you? He's he like, here like, we go. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, what does love mean to you? And so we had a great conversation about it. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, ask your friends what does love mean to you? Yeah. And they'll feel really awkward because we don't know that? how to define it. Mm. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm right. Well, and it. and boundaries are a huge part of that too. And I've you know I've seen one of those memes along the way somewhere that says something along the lines of you know nobody is going to have an issue with your boundaries unless they have issues with their own boundaries. And sometimes, Mm. sometimes, and boundaries don't even mean necessarily like putting up walls. It just means having a healthy, kind of a healthy line of like what we want to accept into our world and our energy and 
what, mm-hmm. you know, what is maybe what's ours and what's not right. Like, yeah. what do people yeah, have that they're going through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like that saying, if you were just going to start saying things that are connected to each other, but that saying of, um, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. Like if you have no boundaries, you will let any negative energy inside of you. And that, that shit is real. That's corrosive. And so, yeah, it's not a matter of like putting a wall up. It's being a, a funnel, like being like a, in ourselves, like, um, what's that little cool little transporter that only lets some stuff in and not some stuff out. I'm blanking. We, we acted this out in Corey Pines class. <laughs> The transport moth thing. <laughs> Anyways, you can cut this part out, but you know what I'm saying. Being a filter. Yeah, just having discernment, <laughs> right? Like just discerning what you're letting into your world. And we get a choice in sodium that. Potassium so, pump. Sorry. Yes. Oh sodium God. potassium pump. Sodium potassium The funny thing is, is like in my head, I was thinking NAK and I wasn't like the words sodium and potassium weren't coming out. I was like NAK and there's like a plus up there. Yeah. You know, like the chemistry part was coming through, but not the actual yeah. words. <laughs> So, okay. So we got that one figured out. Awesome. Well, I, I've really enjoyed having y'all on the show today and having this conversation all about oral health and how really super important it is in our overall health and longevity, even just over time. Mm -hmm. So definitely want to steer people in your direction, have them go to your website and to your Instagram page. Any last thoughts before we close it out today? Thank you for being a huge, beautiful, brilliant, bright megaphone for all things gorgeous, spiritual, and health, and wellness, and herbalism. It's so, it's (laughs) such a pleasure to be on your podcast. You truly are such a big, bright light, so thank you for having us. It's been such an honor. Yeah, I'm so glad you're doing this, and everything you put out is pure gold, and so I say keep it up. Oh, well, thank you so much, y'all. Thanks for that reflection. And I truly feel the same way. I just feel like everything you're putting out into the world and just seeing the growth that's happened over the past years for y'all and Eileen going from like our little baby herbalist in the coop. And now she's like flying on her own. And (laughs) it's just been such a beautiful process. And I just love the way that the two of you work together, the information that you share, the energy behind it, you know, the videos that you share on your social media pages, social media pages and everything else. They, they just, they're really, um, they're inviting. Like, I think that it invites people to learn more. So keep spreading the good word out there, y'all. And I look forward to being able to see y'all in person again sometime soon. You need to take a trip to oh, Asheville. Yeah. Let's make it happen. Yes. 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 This um, is the year. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much for being here and we'll talk to you soon. Take care. Okay. Right. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Sage and Spirit. You can download more episodes and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple or Google Podcasts. For more show notes and guest information, visit dancingsagewellness.com. Until next time, take care and be well.